Chapter Thirty One of the Legends and Myths of Hawaii. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. The Legends and Myths of Hawaii by King David Kalakau. Kalavari chief of puna between cape kumahaki the extreme eastern point of the island of hawaii and the great lava flow of 1840 which burst forth apparently from a long subterranean channel connecting with the crater kilauea and went down to the sea at nanawale over villages and groves of palms is a small historic district which notwithstanding the repeated volcanic disturbances with which it has been convulsed in the past the chasms with which it has been rent and the smoke and ashes that have shut out the light of the sun and driven its people to the protection of their temples still possesses many fertile nooks and natural attractions within a few miles of each other not far inland are a number of extinct craters but the rains are abundant in puna and spring is eternal and the vegetation grows rank above hidden patches of lava and is constantly stretching and deepening its mantle of green over the vitreous rivers of kilauea and the lower and lesser volcanic vents clinging to its base like so many cauterized ulcers the valleys are green in that part of Puna now, and there the banana and breadfruit grow, and the ohia and pineapple scent the air. But so has it not always been, for the mango ripens over fields of buried lava, and the palms grow tall from the refilled chasms of dead streams of fire. The depression of Kapoho, now sweet with tropical odors, marks the site of a sunken mountain and where to-day sleep the quiet waters of a lake once boiled a sea of liquid lava in a basin broader perhaps than the mighty cauldron of kilauea we are now to speak of one of the many eruptions at which the intervals in the past poured their desolating torrents of fire through the district alternately loved and hated by Pelly the dreadful goddess of the volcanoes in connection with it tradition has brought down a tale combining elements of simplicity and grandeur strikingly characteristic of the mythological legends of polynesia legends equaling the norse in audacity but lacking the motive and connecting causes of the greek they are simply legendary epics beginning in caprice and abruptly ending in many instances in grandest tumult they are like chapters torn from a lost volume patches of disturbed elements and gigantic forms and energies clandestinely cut from a passing panorama and placed in the foreground of strange and inharmonious conditions they embrace gods reminding us of thor monsters more hideous than polythemus 
demigods mighty as the son of thetis and kings with strains reaching back to the loins of gods but in motive and action they were independent of and not unfrequently hostile to each other no celestial synod shaped their course or moved them to effort and to no authority higher than their individual wills were they usually responsible many of them were created with no reference to the necessity of their being or the maintenance of divine respect or authority and not a few seem to have been the creations of accident as an example the demigod maui may be mentioned as told by tradition his principal abode was hawaii although his facilities for visiting the other islands of the group will be considered ample when it is stated that he could step from one to another even from oahu to Kauai, a distance of seventy miles when he bathed and bathing was one of his greatest delights his feet trod the deepest basins of the ocean and his hair was moistened with the vapor of the clouds neither his creator nor the purpose of his creation is mentioned but he was blessed with a wife with proportions it is presumed somewhat in keeping with his own and as an evidence of their attachment it is related that at one time he reached up and seized the sun and held it for some hours motionless in the heavens to enable his industrious spouse to complete the manufacture of a piece of kappa upon which she was engaged and kana was another gigantic being of similar proportions he too was partial to hawaii and could step from island to island and frequently stood for his amusement with one foot on oahu and the other either on maui or Kauai. tradition may have confounded these two monsters but as kana was wifeless we are constrained to regard them as distinct and being without the care of a wife he was enabled to devote his entire attention to himself and the inhabitants of the islands crawling at his feet hence when the king of kahiki who was the keeper of the sun shut its light from the hawaiians for some trivial offence kana waded the ocean to the home of the vindictive monarch and by threats compelled him to restore the light to the hawaiian group this done he waded back and hung his mantle to dry on mauna kea which was then an active volcano another demigod of the same name is also referred to in some of the early meles of hawaii he was the son of hina who went with his brother to the rescue of their mother who had been during their infancy abducted by the son of the king of molokai he was endowed by his grandmother a sorceress from one of the southern islands with the faculty of so elongating and contracting his person as to be able to pass through the deepest waters with his head at all times above the surface 
the shadows of these and other monsters are seen far back in the past but human beings of gigantic proportions of natural birth and claiming no connection with the gods are mentioned in hawaiian folklore as having lived as late as the beginning of the sixteenth century thus during the reign of umi king of hawaii whose romantic ascent to the throne is the theme of chant and song and to whom the past and present dynasties of united hawaii trace their descent lived the giant mokaleoleo he was one of umi's warriors and must have been a mighty host in himself his measure in feet is not recorded but he stood upon the ground and plucked coconuts from the tallest trees and once without wetting his loins strode out into six fathoms of water and saved the life of his chief as the traditions relating to umi are quite elaborate and circumstantial the existence of makaleoleo can well be doubted however greatly we may feel disposed to curtail his proportions but in groping among these monsters of the hawaiian past we have been led somewhat from the story of the eruption in puna to which reference has been made however as pertinent to it and to the goddess whose wrath invoked it it may be mentioned that many centuries ago a family of gods and goddesses came to hawaii from tahiti and took possession of the volcanic mountains of that island the family consisted of five brothers and nine sisters of which pele was the principal deity the others possessed specific powers and functions such as controlling the fires smoke steam explosions etc of the volcanoes under their supervision although they frequently dwelt in other volcanoes their principal and favorite abode was the crater of kilauea almost without exception they were destructive and merciless temples were erected to pele in every district menaced by volcanic disturbance and offerings of fruits animals and sometimes of human beings were laid upon her altars and thrown into the crater to secure her favor or placate her wrath in the legend of the in the legend of the apotheolosis of pele a more extended reference is made to the goddess and her family with this knowledge of the power and disposition of pele the reader will be prepared for the story of the exhibition of her wrath in puna which will now be related nearly in the language of tradition the event occurred during the reign of kahukapu who from about thirteen forty to thirteen eighty was the ali nui or governing chief of hawaii the chief of the district of puna was kahavari a young noble distinguished for his strength courage and manly accomplishments how he came to be chief or governor of puna is not stated as his father and sister lived in oahu he was probably a native of that island and may have been advanced to his position 
through military service rendered the hawaiian king since it was customary in those days as it was at later periods for young men of martial tastes to seek adventure and employment at arms with the kings and chiefs of neighboring islands the grass thatched mansion of the young chief was near kapoho where his wife lived with their two children paupohu and kahui and kuki no great distance away dwelt his old mother then on a visit to her distinguished son as his taro lands were large and fertile and he had fish ponds on the seashore he entertained with prodigality and the people of puna thought there was no chief like him in all hawaii it was at the time of the monthly festival of lono the day was beautiful the trade winds were bending the leaves of the palms and scattering the spray from the breakers chasing each other over the reef a holua contest had been announced between the stalwart young chief and his favorite friend and companion ahua and a large concourse of men women and children had assembled at the foot of the hill to witness the exciting pastime they brought with them drums ohis ulilis rattling gourds and other musical instruments and while they awaited the coming of the contestants all frolicked as if they were children frolicked as was their way before the white man came to tell them they were nearly naked and that life was too serious a thing to be frittered away in enjoyment they ate ohias coconuts and bananas under the palms and chewed the pith of sugar-cane they danced sang and laughed at the hula and other sports of the children and grew nervous with enthusiasm when their bards chanted the meles of bygone years the game of holua consists in sliding down a sometimes long but always steep hill on a narrow sledge from six to twelve feet in length called a papa the light and polished runners bent upward at the front are bound quite closely together with crossbars for the hands and feet with a run at the top of the sliding track slightly smoothed and sometimes strewn with rushes the rider throws himself face downward on the narrow papa and dashes headlong down the hill as the sledge is no more than six or eight inches in width with more than as many feet in length one of the principal difficulties of the descent is in keeping it under the rider the other of course is in guiding it but long practice is required to master the subtleties of either kahaveri was an adept with the papa and so was ahua rare sport was therefore expected and the people of the neighborhood assembled almost in a body to witness it finally appearing at the foot of the hill kahaveri and his companion were heartily cheered by the good-natured auditors their papas were carried by attendants the chief smiled upon the assemblage and as he struck his tall spear into the ground 
and divested his broad shoulders of the kihei covering them the wagers of fruit and pigs were three to one that he would reach the bottom first although ahua was expert with the papa and but a month before had beaten the champion of kau on his own ground taking their sledges under their arms the contestants laughingly mounted the hill with firm strong strides neither thinking of resting until the top was gained stopping for a moment preparatory to the descent a comely-looking woman stepped out from behind a clump of undergrowth and bowed before them little attention was paid to her until she approached still nearer and boldly challenged kahavari to contest the hula with her instead of ahua exchanging a smile of amusement with his companion the chief scanned the lithe and shapely figure of the woman for a moment and then exclaimed more in astonishment than in anger what with a woman and why not with a woman if she is your superior and you lack not the courage was the calm rejoinder you are bold woman returned the chief with something of a frown what know you of the papa enough to reach the bottom of the hill in front of the chief of puna was the prompt and defiant answer is it so indeed then take the papa and we will see said kahavari with an angry look which did not seem to disturb the woman in the least at a motion from the chief ahua handed his papa to the woman and the next moment kahavari with the strange contestant closely behind him was dashing down the hill on on they went around and over rocks at breakneck speed but for a moment the woman lost her balance and kahavari reached the end of the course a dozen paces in advance music and shouting followed the victory of the chief and scowling upon the exultant multitude the woman pointed to the hill silently challenging the victor to another trial they mounted the hill without a word and turned for another start stop said the woman while a strange light flashed in her eyes your papa is better than mine if you would act fairly let us now exchange why should i exchange replied the chief hastily you are neither my wife nor my sister and i know you not come and presuming the woman was following him kahavari made a spring and dashed down the hill on his papa with this the woman stamped her foot and a river of burning lava burst from the hill and began to pour down into the valley beneath reaching the bottom kahavari rose and looked behind him and to his horror saw a wide and wild torrent of lava rushing down the hillside toward the spot where he was standing and riding on the crest of the foremost wave was the woman now no longer disguised but pele the dreadful goddess of kilauea with thunder at her feet and lightning playing with her flaming tresses seizing his spear kalavari 
accompanied by ahuna fled for his life to the small eminence of pukea he looked behind and saw the entire assemblage of spectators engulfed in a sea of fire with terrible rapidity the valleys began to fill and he knew that his only hope of escape was in reaching the ocean for it was manifest that pele was intent upon his destruction he fled to his house and passing it without stopping said farewell to his mother wife and children and to his favorite hog alopua telling them that pele was in pursuit of him with a river of fire and to save themselves if possible by escaping to the hills he left them to their fate coming to a chasm he saw pele pouring down it to cut off his retreat he crossed on his spear pulling his friend over after him at length closely pursued he reached the ocean his brother discovering the danger had just landed from his fishing canoe and gone to look after the safety of his family calivari leaped into the canoe with his companion and using his spear for a paddle was soon beyond the reach of the pursuing lava enraged at his escape pele ran some distance into the water and hurled after him huge stones that hissed as they struck the waves until an east wind sprang up and carried him far out to sea he first reached the island of maui and thence by the way of lanai found his way to oahu where he remained to the end of his days all of his relatives in puna perished with hundreds of others in the neighborhood of kapuhu but he never ventured back to puna the grave of his hopes and his people for he believed pele the unforgiving would visit the place with another horror if he did pele had come down from kalawea in a pleasant mood to witness the hula contest but calivari angered her unwittingly and what followed has just been described end of chapter thirty one recording by linda marie nielsen vancouver b c